Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome warriors. Tonight, our selection is from the book, Half Hour with God's Heroes by Reverend Thomas David Williams. Tonight, we'll be going through the story of David, the original underdog of the Middle East. We're looking at a story that's straight from the Bible. There's a few ways to look at this. Perhaps you see the Bible as the one true sacred text, or just one of many holy books or as a collection of folklore and literature, a historical document, or maybe it's just a weird old book that everyone seems to pay a lot of attention to. Either way, the Bible has obviously played a huge role in the Middle East and Western society. And for our purposes, it's a great place to hear crazy stories of awesome warriors who rose above and achieved greatness. It doesn't really matter if it's fact or fantasy, because tonight's story, among others from the Bible, has motivated people to become the best version of themselves for thousands of years. And tonight, we're going to take a look at a guy that came from nothing to rise above as a leader and be crowned king of his nation. David just isn't a guy that was special and selected by God. He was a badass through and through. He was a kid who embraced the warrior path with courage and grew to be a warrior and a leader of strength, mastery, and honor. David started his life out as the youngest son of a poor shepherd after a wandering hermit named Saul showed up at his father's doorstep. His destiny was then changed forever. He learned that he would become king of his people. It turns out David could totally shred on the harp and would help the king out with his unstable mood swings by busting some sweet tunes out for him. While at the palace, he became best friends with the king's son and he took on the giant warrior that was terrorizing his country as just a little kid all by himself. Once he killed Goliath, the giant Philistine warrior, he basically won the war for Israel, after which his fame grew to the extent that the king wanted him dead out of jealousy. David ducked and dodged the Mad King's murder attempts by living off-grid in the wilderness. While he mastered himself 
and the art of survival. He built a tribe of roughneck warriors like him. And eventually, he did inherit the kingdom, all while maintaining his honor and principles. King David is an example of a guy who was good at being a man. He was strong, courageous, bold, masterful, both at war and survival. And he had sneaky ninja skills. But he was also a good man. Even though the king kept trying to kill him, David met with him a couple times in ways that he could have easily killed the king. But instead, he showed respect and tried to reason with him because David preferred a world in which his best friend and his best friend's dad would live in prosperity alongside him. But the fates had other plans for David's crowning. Along every step of the way, David showed his commitment to being awesome and living above the bar. He chose the warrior path and decided to play to win and make everyone else look bad, all while having fun and being the best. His story reminds us that you can be a relentless badass and an honorable, kind-hearted, good person at the same time. And why not be both? Be both and more. Remember, this is your story. You are the author and the hero, and your victory is imminent. When you hear the call to adventure and cross the threshold into the unknown and prepare to face the trials, you just need to do one thing. Remember who you are, the warrior, the hero. As always, you can read this book at any time in the future, and it's worth a read. But as you let go of today and everything you've already faced and everything coming, prepare yourself for a good night's rest and dive into the story. You may just find that the path of this ancient warrior and poet king lines up with yours because you both have a warrior's heart, a warrior's burden, and the strength and courage to lead a nation. So let the sands of time wash over us and take us back to when pharaohs ruled the land and chariots were the apex of military tech and be inspired to kick ass and ascend to the heights of a divinely appointed king. So relax and enjoy. In the days of King Saul, in the little town of Bethlehem, there lived a man by the name of Jesse. He had several sons, the youngest of whom was called David. One day, Samuel, the great prophet, came to Bethlehem. He sent for Jesse and asked to see his sons. First, the eldest came, a tall and handsome young man. Samuel asked the Lord, Is this the one? No, 
came the answer. This is not the one. The next came. But he also was rejected. And so for all the rest, except the youngest, who was away tending to the sheep. Send for him, said Samuel. I will not rest nor sit down until he comes. So they sent for David, a boy, beautiful in form and face, fair and innocent. The Lord said to Samuel, This is the one I have chosen. Anoint him. In the sight of all of his brethren, the prophet anointed David with the sacred oil. And from that day, God was with him. For this boy was the future king of Israel. Samuel then left the city and returned to his home. And David went back to his sheep. Not long after, messengers came to Bethlehem, seeking for one who could play the harp. And it was told to them that David, the son of Jesse, was skillful in music. They asked if he would come to the palace of King Saul and play before him. David consented and came to live with Saul, who soon loved him and kept him always near. When the evil spirit was upon the king, and he became sad and gloomy, David played on the harp, and he became better, and the evil spirit departed for a while. In the meantime, the Philistines brought together again a large army to fight the Hebrews. Their camp was on the sides and top of a mountain. Beyond the valley, on the opposite mountain, the camp of the Hebrews lay. In the army of the Philistines, there was a great giant whose name was Goliath of the city of Geth. He was an enormous man, clothed in thick, heavy armor. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Every day, this man went down into the valley between the two camps and dared any of the Hebrews to come out and fight him, promising that whoever gained the victory would be master of the whole camp. The Jews were afraid of him, and no one would take up the challenge. Saul promised to give his own daughter in marriage to the man who would fight and slay the giant. But no one in all the army was found brave enough to face Goliath. David heard of this and went to the king, asking to be allowed to fight the giant. You are only a boy, exclaimed Saul. You cannot stand against this man, who has been a warrior from his youth. One day, said David, when I was keeping my father's sheep, a lion and a bear came out of the woods and stole a ram from the midst of the flock. I went after them and took the ram out of their jaws. When they rose up against me, I caught them both by the throat and strangled them to death. Let me fight this man. For the Lord who delivered me out of the jaws of the lion and bear will deliver me from this giant and give me victory. The king consented.
Then, taking with him only a sling and some small stones, David went out to meet the giant. Goliath, seeing the boy without a sword or armor, cursed him in anger. Am I a dog that you come out to me with a sling? Come here. I will give your body to be eaten by the birds and the beasts. David advanced fearlessly. He loaded the sling with one of the little stones, whirled it around his head, and let it fly straight and true. The stone struck the giant full in the forehead and felled him to the ground. David ran up, took his sword from him, and struck off his head. Both camps were watching the combat. As soon as Goliath fell, the Philistines fled, and the Hebrews, running out of their tents, pursued them, and many of the enemy were slain that day. David returned to the king, and the women came out to meet him, singing in joy and triumph. Saul has killed his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul heard this and grew angry. What does this mean? He cried. They have given David tens of thousands, and to me they have given but a thousand. Soon they will give him my kingdom. He became jealous of David, and from that hour did not love him as before. The next day, David was playing the harp before the king, who was silent and gloomy, for the evil spirit was upon him. Saul was holding a spear in his hand when, all of a sudden, he threw the spear full at David, thinking to kill him. The young man sprang aside just in time and escaped from the room. Shortly after, Saul made him a captain and sent him to the front where the fighting was going on, hoping he would be killed. He told him, if you will slay 100 Philistines, I will give you my daughter's hand in marriage. David took a company of men and falling upon the Philistines, killed 200 of the number and returned to the king. Saul received him again into the palace and David played before as in the former days. A second time, the king attempted to kill him. But David escaped from the palace and went to his house. That night, Saul sent guards to watch the house, that he might catch David in the morning and put him to death. But earlier in the night, David's wife led him out of the house by a back window once he escaped in the dark and fled to the city where Samuel lived. In the meanwhile, she took a wooden figure, clothed it in his garments, and laid it in his bed. When it was morning, the officers entered the house and went up to David's room, where they were met at the door by his wife. Hush, she said. Make no noise. David is sick and is now asleep. I pray you wake him not. Looking into the darkened room, they saw the figure in the bed, and they thought it was really David. So they went back to Saul, 
leaving one of the officers to guard the house. The king was furious. What care I if he be sick or not? Bring him here, in his bed, ill or well. They returned to the house, and going to the side of the bed, discovered they had been tricked, and that David had escaped. You can imagine the anger of Saul when he learned that David had fled from the city and was out of his reach. He set out in hot pursuit, but David was not to be found. I must remind you that Saul had a son named Jonathan. From the first day Jonathan saw David, he loved him as his own brother, and their friendship grew stronger day by day. After a while, David left Samuel's home and went secretly to Jonathan. What have I done to your father, he asked, that he should be so angry with me and seek to kill me? I have done him no wrong. I wish you would find out what he is going to do, and if I can come back to him in safety. You know that tomorrow is a feast in the king's palace, and it is the custom for me to be with him then. When he asks for me, tell him I have gone to Bethlehem for a few days. If he says it is well, then I can return safely. If he's angry, then... I shall know he still seeks to put me to death. But how will you tell me what he says? For the king may be watching you, knowing that you are my friend. Jonathan thought for a while, then answered, I have found a way to let you know. You must be hid in the field, and I shall come with my servant to shoot with the bow and arrow. When I have shot three arrows, if I say to the boy, the arrows are on the side, it will mean you can return. If I say the arrows are further over there on the other side, it will mean that the king is still angry and you must not come back to him. On the morrow, when the king sat down to dinner, David's palace was empty. The first day, the king said nothing, but the next day, seeing the palace still empty, he asked where David was, and Jonathan told him he had gone to Bethlehem for a few days. Then the king cried out in anger, Why did you let him go? Did you not know that he is my enemy and yours and will take the kingdom away from us? Now go after him and bring him here, for he shall die. Why should he die? asked Jonathan. What evil has he done? At this, Saul took up his spear to strike his own son. But Jonathan fled from the house. When morning was come, taking his servant, a young lad, he went to the field where David lay hid. Three times did he shoot his bow, and he said in a loud voice to the boy, Get me those arrows. They are further over on the other side beyond you. When the boy brought the arrows, Jonathan sent him back into the city. Looking carefully around to see that no one was near, he went up to the palace where David lay hid and called him. The two embraced and in tears bade each other goodbye. Then David went away and Jonathan returned to the city. 
After traveling for some time, David at last to the town where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. Being faint and weary, he asked the priest in charge for something to eat. We have only the holy bread which is placed before the Ark, he was told, but you may have that. When he asked for a spear or sword, for his haste, he had left his weapons behind. The priest gave him a sword, the sword of Goliath, because it was the only weapon there. David took it and departed. It happened that, just at this time, a certain man came into the temple and saw all of this. He was a friend of the king, and at once went to Saul and told him that David had been there and that the priest had fed him and given him the sword of Goliath. When Saul heard this, he put to death the priest and many others in the city. So angry was he that David had escaped. In the meanwhile, David went into the wilderness to live. There he gathered together some 200 men and made himself their captain. One day, learning that the Philistines were attacking a certain city of Israel, he went up with his men drove the Philistines away, and returned to the wilderness. Saul heard of this, and set out to the city seeking for David, and not finding him, pursued him into the desert. At last he came to a mountain, and on the other side of the mountain David lay hid, unable to go any further. Saul was just about to capture him, when the messengers came in great haste to say that the Philistines were pouring into the land. As soon as Saul had gone, David left his hiding place and went into the wilderness full of rocks and caves. Soon, Saul came after him again with an army of 3,000 men, determined to take him alive or dead. David was lying hid with some of his men in the innermost part of a deep cave. To his astonishment, he saw the king enter the cave alone, not thinking anyone was there, and lie down to sleep. David quietly crept up, and without waking him, cut off the hem of his robe. But he would not suffer his men to touch a hair of his head, or do him any harm. When the king awoke, and was gone out of the cave, David rose up behind him. O oh, king! Behold, this day the Lord has put you in my power. I could have killed you, but I would not. See the hem of your robe that I hold in my hand. You are more just than I, acknowledged Saul. You have spared my life while I was seeking yours. I know that someday you will be king in my place. Swear, therefore, to me that when this comes about, you will do no harm to my house. David promised, and Saul left him in peace. Now there dwelt not far from this place, a rich man who was very miserly and closed. Often, David and his men had guarded the flocks of this man and kept them from being stolen by robbers. David sent two of his followers to him to ask for provisions for his band. But the man 
with many rough words, refused, declaring he would not give his hard-earned goods to a vagabond and adventurer. This angered David, and he sent some of his soldiers to take what they wanted by force, and if necessary, to kill him. While they were on their way, they met some men carrying great quantities of provisions of every kind. And at their head was a woman. She came up to David and addressed him. I am the wife of the man to whom you sent, and I heard how roughly and meanly he treated you. I beseech you, be not angry with him, but accept this present from me and do no harm to my house. David was appeased, accepted the provisions, and returned to the place from whence he came. Soon after, the rich man died, and David sending for the woman asked if she would be his wife. She joyously consented, and gave him all the wealth of her former husband. Not long after, Saul set out again to capture David and came to the desert where he was hid. In the dead of night, David entered secretly the camp of the king. He went quietly to his tent and looked in. Saul was sound asleep with his spear and cup by his side. David would not lift his hand against the king, but taking his spear and his cup, he left the tent, then called out in a loud voice, the king heard him and awoke, and learning what had happened, returned to his home without molesting David further. Weary of his many wanderings, David at last determined to take refuge among the Philistines. So he took his band of men and was received by the Philistines of Gath, who gave him a home in their city, and there he dwelt a long time. When the time appointed by God arrived, that David should become king of the Jews, the Philistines went out to fight against Saul and his people, leaving David behind. A great battle was fought. Saul and many of his men were killed. David was resting at home when a messenger came running, all covered with mud and dust. I am from the camp of the Hebrews. The people have fled. Many have fallen. Saul and Jonathan are killed. How do you know that Saul and Jonathan are killed? Asked David. I was upon the mountain of Mount Gelobe, and I saw the king leaning upon his spear by the dead body of his son. He called me to him, thrust the spear into my hand, and said to me, I am wounded. Stand in front of me and kill me with my spear. So I killed him and took the crown from his head and the bracelet from his arms, and I brought them to you, my lord. Instead of rejoicing that his enemy was dead, David wept and mourning over the death of Jonathan. He cried out, I grieve for thee, my brother Jonathan exceeding beautiful and amiable to me above the love of a woman. As a mother loves her only son, so did I love thee. Then, 
turning in anger to the messenger, he cried out, Were you not afraid to kill the Lord's anointed? And then he ordered his men to kill him where he stood. For many days David mourned over the death of Saul and Jonathan. Then leaving that palace, he went by the direction of God to the city of Hebron in Judah. The men of Judah received him with joy and proclaimed him king before all the people. And so after many hardships and dangers, the words of Samuel were fulfilled, and David became king of the Jews.